0: Punchboard Media. Where we all bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Gumbo Live.
1: Here's your host, BJ from Board Game Gumbo. Hey, Board Gamers, BJ from Board Game Gumbo here back with another episode of Gumbo Live. It's episode number 115. We've got Patrick Leader of Leader Games coming on tonight. Gumbo Live, the number one Facebook Live talk show dedicated to board gaming board game gumbo a proud member of punchboard media hey check out some of our other fine members like what's eric playing he is a weekly review series for various board games tabletop games and board game apps with a reputation and it's well deserved for amazing fantastic photography and he's been doing this since 2015 i think he's up into the 600s now so tons and tons of reviews punchboard media where we all bring something to the table. Hey, hit us up on social media on Twitter or on Facebook or on YouTube at Board Gumbo, and we'll be looking for your questions in the chat crew. But enough blather, gets get right to our special guest here, Patrick Leader from Leader Games. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you.
2: I was just working on reposting this on Twitter. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the show. We we haven't had you on before, but the Gumbo crew are huge fans of Leader Games, and we're going to be talking about some of those cool games tonight, but just in case, there may be one or two people down under who haven't yet heard of Leader Games, so give us the elevator pitch. What is Leader Games, and who is Patrick
2: Leader? Oh, sure. Uh, So I um, am, I guess, a former programmer from uh, the Twin Cities in Minnesota, and uh, started. I've been designing board games since about 2000-2001 and never got good or serious enough about it until 2015 and uh, started working on um, uh, uh, designing games. I had one published through Minion Games in 2011 and kind of got the bug for it and studied a lot, learned a lot, and got into board game publishing right around that time. Um, And as luck would have it, I uh, Lost, quit my job in 2015, and um, <laughs> and it took off from there. <laughs> it was
1: good timing for me. They um, say sometimes uh, invention is the mother of necessity. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I always yeah. like to reverse that one.
2: Yeah, I do too. Um, yeah, and so um, just like took my unemployment, took my um, um, took my severance. I guess it was severance, was unemployment, and. And worked, worked, worked until I bounced, ran out of money, went and did a, you know, a couple of contracts, got back to designing and took off uh, from there. And uh, been designing since then and designing and working and building the company and uh, really mostly building the company these days. But uh, yeah, and so we um, kind of our jam when we started was making asymmetric games. Uh, we got started with uh, Trove Novast back then. I was designing another asymmetric game with the guy who created Vast, uh, David Somerville, back then, and I hope to resurrect that real soon. And uh, and then we got into Root, which obviously took really took off for us. So kind of our uh, kind kind of our approach is to hit that kind of I don't know what Root's weight is, probably like a two point eight three somewhere on there. Right around there. Uh, yeah, and so that's that's what we that's what we're, we're focused on. It's interesting because I think a lot of people early like back then were telling me to make. More accessible games, but I figured, do what you want to do, like do what you like, and and then and 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 hit the audience that you want really hard, and and so that's that's what we did. Um, Vast and root, I think we're both like tried really hard to build. Um also a lot of value in the box too, which was kind of our like have a lot of ways to play, have a lot of like be able to tweak the difficulty and vast and things like that. So I hope we hit it. We've got a bunch of uh, people checking in tonight. Thomas, of course,
1: usually the first one to check in and he says, Hey, what's up Thomas and Patrick Newman checking in says, howdy. <clears throat> we, we've got a couple of designers that like to stop by every once in a while. Chris strain from asking for troubles. Hey, Chris, congratulations on the expansions coming in for asking for troubles. We can't wait to see those. But that reminds me that some of the designers that, that we have on the show aren't published yet. And Patrick, I heard a podcast with you that said you have like 10 or 20 years of game designs that you've been working on and percolating and working. What is it about a game design where you just keep letting those things percolate and, you know, what's, what, what's that advice you can give to the game designer that hasn't got their first published design out there yet?
2: What, what do they do to just keep keep working at it? So I see that as a problem, but okay. <laughs> I, I see it as a solution. It's not a problem. I, I keep, um, I keep going back and working on on stuff. Um yeah, and so I think like it is I think it it what I tell people is to recognize that you are your first game isn't going to be stellar. Mm-hmm. It might be. I mean there are there are definitely exceptions out there if people have just knocked it out of the park the first design. Um but if you look at the if you look at the catalog of someone uh, from the way back, uh, I'm thinking of Friedman Freeze, where if you look at like he was like people were like wow he really did a good job with um, with Power Grid power. And, and like it came out of nowhere and I'm like well if you look <laughs> at his catalog before Power Grid there was a lot of attempts to get something off the ground He said ten and, year one hit wonder right yeah yeah and and he really built he really built overnight wonder I mean, yeah yeah it's, he's not overnight he's not overnight and he's built on Power Grid. Um, but I mean, if you look at his catalog before then, and so that's the way I look at my catalog, Uh, five-fingered severance has a 5.5 on BDG. I think maybe even a 4.9. It's, it's pretty low. And uh, my game before Vast trick or treat has a, um, uh, it might be around a seven. Um, And I, I, designed plenty of games before then. And so what I, what I tell people is use your early games as a way to learn, to be willing to change and to play test, and play test and playtest and playtest and learn the habit of playtesting, how to play test effectively and how to develop effectively. Um I I also saw what I saw, the departure for me that made me successful from conventional wisdom is that I'm doing this with my hands and I'm out of camera. Um, is that you right I, on camera. <laughs> is that um no, I'm okay. I, I, I feel even worse if I did this. Uh it is, <laughs> it is uh it's gonna be you're going to learn a lot as you design and then you're going to hit a point where continuing to refine a game that may not be viable commercially isn't it's like there's something to be said for finishing a project, but there's also something to be said for if you start a new project, you will learn faster on the new project than you did on the old project. So it's time to restart. It's time to start over and make something new. And then when I talk about that big catalog, I can go back to a lot of those were things like I said, this is good, but I'm going to set it aside and learn more now. And now maybe I can come back and finish some of those. But I think some of those will just stay in the past. <clears throat> I've heard Jake Cormier say, "Fail faster, fail faster, fail faster." Definitely, yeah, just, keep, so. just
1: keep pushing. We got it's a live show. We got a couple of people saying hi. Dean Dunning from uh, Meeple Town says, "And I know you never get tired of this, right?" I'm rooting. For oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you dean we got checking in what's up don? don you got any questions for patrick hit us up we're going to take any questions that we got there and hey a big thanks to gates Dowd for setting this up for us tonight i appreciate wow gates does a great job of communicating it's just instant right there always getting back with me so i appreciate that uh one of our louisiana people marshall checking in hey what's up marshall and of course designer johnny pack johnny pack i just got sierra west end can't wait to play it I'm gonna. I'm not gonna play the apples one. I'm gonna actually add a couple more modules based on your recommendations. So I don't know if you've played any of Johnny Pack's games, but uh, Johnny Pack is a big designer uh, making a lot of Western themed games, Hangtown, Sierra West, uh, so many good games out there. So yeah, uh, Chris says he likes that. Your first game isn't gonna be Stellar. Well, Chris, what if you design Stellar though, like Matt Riddle did? So that's you know. Cool. You can sign Stellar if you want to. (laughs) Yeah, could be that. So, all right, BJ from Morgan Gummo. I've got my guest here, Patrick Leader, and we're talking some of the spicy hot games that we played recently. Let me see if I've got a picture of the one I wanted to show you uh, real quick. Oh, where is it? Yeah, there it is. So you've played a game recently that I played and I absolutely love. I think it was your first play, and we're talking about Unmatched from Restoration
2: Games. Patrick, have you got a chance to play it? I did, yeah. I played uh, against my spouse, and she played as Alice, and I was King Arthur, if I remember correctly. And uh oh, yeah. I played the, you played the the Volume One then, the, the, the original. original. Yep, yep. And I I think it was like one of those like. After the quarantine started, I was like, "Well, let me get caught up on games that work for two players." So I went and bought a bunch of two-player games to play with her, and we have a
1: nine-month-old at home, so we've cracked
2: up in one game like
1: I have played more two-player games the last six months than I've probably played the last three years I mean it's just yeah it's just more you know it's easier to get a two-player game either with my wife or with my boys you know it's just easier to get that to the table uh since we're not going to the game store anymore for our game nights but yeah, Chris.
2: Getting- Uh, Carol Tan warned me that if I buy one unmatched, I was going to get all the unmatched before too long. And they've been in my shopping cart a few times. (laughs) Oh, I'm all in. So these are
1: pictures of the newest edition. This is Cobble and fog. They've got four people in the set. Uh, just like in the, in the set that you played with the four Mm -hmm. King Arthur, Medusa, Mm -hmm. Sinbad, and uh, Alice. This is a, this is a similar set where it comes with four people. It's got the invisible man. It's got Dracula. It's got Dr. Heckle and uh, Dr. Doctor Heckle and Mister Jive? No, that's the yeah, Doctor uh, Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Yeah, that was the song from the uh, '80s. Sorry, and uh, and of course Sherlock Holmes and Watson. And right. what I love about this, Chris, Chris design, Chris Leader designed this, and he takes the game that you played, but he's added little twisty mechanics for all four of the characters. And right. I, have, I've played all four. I've either played for or against all four of the characters, and I absolutely love them. The I might like the Invisible Man a little bit more than the others because it's got this fog mechanic, sort of like Bigfoot. If you've heard of the Bigfoot uh, extension that it has for for this, yeah. In this game, of course, you're playing. You've got each person's got a deck. One of the reasons I like this game a little bit more than Shadespire, the Warhammer game, is that you don't have to deck build. Right out of the box, you got a deck. Uh, You're either moving your pieces around and and getting cards, or you're doing some attacks or doing a special action. So the gameplay teaches itself practically, right? I mean, the first couple of turns, each player is going to figure out how the game is played. The Mm -hmm. game is not going to last forever either, unlike some other games, because there's a finite number of turns. Once you start running out of cards in your deck, your characters are going to start taking big damage, and the game's going to end. I haven't got to that point yet, We've pretty much cornered the, one or the other characters and taken them out. But what I, what I like about it is the fact that you can mix and match all these different characters. And the, and the new set, not only does it have amazing art with it, mm-hmm. it really gives you – look at this. I mean it really gives you the theme of that Victorian England. All yeah. the sculpts are really cool looking. The Invisible Man, he's, he's actually there but not there. It's just clothes that are standing up with an, with an empty uh, face. So, it, I mean, each one of them just really do well. Um, I might have pictures
2: on VGG right now.
1: Oh, yeah. You're taking a look at them? So yeah. yeah. It does come with two new boards. Yes. And this is the first time that I've seen that they make a tweak to the boards. One yeah. of the boards is just a, a normal board that you've seen before. The other board has this uh, kind of escape mechanic where you're in Shakespeare. Oh, Shakespeare. You're in um, Sherlock Holmes's house. And behind little secret areas inside his rooms, they'll connect to each other. So you can zip around the board a little bit quicker and not totally get cornered. But like I said, this artwork just really, this really just sings to me. I just love the Sherlock Holmes artwork. It almost tells a story with the Sherlock Holmes ones. Right. And again, like I said, beautiful sculpts. There's the three sisters that play with the, And there's there's uh, his buddy Watson right there. So, Oh, that's too early there. We're not ready to talk about that. That is Cobble and Fog, the new expansion for for Unmatched. What do you like? What did you like about your first play? Uh,
2: well, I liked how close it was. When I first looked at it, I was surprised. I was surprised that it ended up so close. I think like I had three life left when I took my wife's character in. Um, <laughs> so I like that. I like the. Um, I like the flow, the, like the t- the ticking of the clock, the cards are flying through and You're going to you, you can like even even if you're not going to deck yourself, at least you know that like as you play things they're not coming back to you. Like generally. I don't maybe there's a character that recycles cards, but it seems like once a cards out of your deck it's out of your deck forever and uh, and I like that I like that gradual winding down of and or you know do you play aggressive like early or do you you know do you kind of wait for the big finish or whatever. So I, that's why I I like the that pacing. So well, I think good.
1: there are different ways to look at it and, yeah, and there there is a character that allows you to bring Some of the, art wait, is it the cards back Or it allows you to bring back the characters Medusa right. allows you to bring back some of those characters I'm trying to remember, I, did, I don't remember Maybe the chat crew knows is that the, the, Raptor, those. Is that the Raptors in Jurassic Park Yeah, I haven't played I, I okay. haven't, that's The one set I haven't played yet is Jurassic Park And I'm waiting on the Buffy one, but i played everything else And yes, <laughs> there's Mick checking in And yes, Mick, I've got the Our Family Plays Games T-shirt on, thank you for putting those out there that is fantastic. Yeah, a lot of people love this game. Look at that. Dave says, "I love, uh, I love Unmatched." Chris I still like uh, Funkoverse and the reason being I think the three games are different. I think Shadespire and Funkoverse and Unmatched all hit a different thing that, that what I'm trying to do. With Funkoverse it's all about those crazy special powers and that really cool timing, uh, that cool um cooldown mechanic. You know, it, thinking about all the fun things you can do with the characters and they come with games. You're you're not just playing a 2 on 2 battle or a 3 on 3 battle like you do in Unmatched. You're you're doing games like King of the Hill or Keep Away or Capture the Flag. So I think all three games have a special place. But uh, I have been playing a lot more of Unmatched than I have been of anything else. And that is Unmatched from Restoration Games, one of the hot games that we've been playing. BJ more Game Gumbo, I've got my guest here, Patrick Leader from Leader Games. We're talking some of the spicy hot games that we got. My buddy Steve O'Rourke's here. And he's played something recently. Steve, have you? Oh.
0: Uh, on I help if
1: I turn the mic on, Steve? what you said? Uh, try it again.
0: Hey, everybody. Um, I started uh, showing you this. It's on tour. I just got a copy of this um, from someone who was parting with a bit of their collection and was happy to take a little bit off of their hands. Um, have you, either of you guys played this?
1: I played the app, I think, and that's
0: about okay. it.
2: What about you, Patrick? I wouldn't call it... I've not played it.
0: I wouldn't call it Spicy Hot because it's been around for a while, but it's a rolling right. And you can see you've got a board of the United States here and two big, chunky, ten-sided dice. And what you're essentially doing is trying to roll and run a path through the, uh, through the, America, uh, through the Americas here and, and lay out a, a, a long route for your band that will go on tour. Oh, essentially, like what you do, you, you'll you seed out four different of these circled areas and then with the rolling of the dice if, if you rolled a seven and a three you'll end up having to play a 73 and a 37 and the cards that will come out will give you some options for places which you can put them on the board you can see that that's might be a little bit shy in there but the it's in the central east and west and then also you have north and south so you've got some choices of what you can do with this essentially But when you lay out your path by the end of things, you have to go from lowest numbers to highest numbers and try to make the longest path possible. Go through a city and you get a point. Go through a city that happens to be one of the ones that you landed on perfectly. You can see here that happens to be uh, the state of Arkansas, I guess. Uh, if If you land on that one and fill it in, you get to circle it, and that's worth two points instead of one. You don't have to make the path until the end, and you do it all with little right on wipe off markers sure. um, when you when you lay all of this out by the end essentially you're going to run through and fill up essentially the entire united states as best as you can but it's whoever can leave themselves the spaces between with enough room to slot in the right numbers to make a continuous path from lowest to highest Ooh, trick. You never get, to, you never get to, to dial back i've only played it a couple times it is dirt simple to play it is dead hard to play well because you don't <laughs> know how much room to leave yourself. And um, it never,
1: a, it never cycles back. You know, like the one on Gonchan clever, the, the bottom one, the yep. green or the blue yep. one where it cycles back. Every time you hit that six,
0: once you write the number, you've written the number Now you don't have tough. to connect all the, the locations until the very end. So you can lay it out as best as you can say, ah, I got screwed there. So maybe I have to take this path in a different direction. But once the numbers are filled and you try to connect it from lowest to highest, you've got very little wiggle room for that. How many, many dice are you are rolling? You're basically rolling two dice each turn, and you'll put out three cards, and on each turn with those three cards out, you have to play two numbers. If I rolled, like I said, a 2 and a 3, you'll have to have a 23 and a 32. You have to do it one way and flip it and write both numbers down on your board. One thing I would recommend, you'll see that these are already getting pretty dark with wiping them off. Do yourself a favor. If you do get it, just use a tissue. Um, it's pretty good quality. The board cleans up nicely, but you do want to make sure that it's going to last that way. There's my hometown right there, man. <laughs> right there, in the you go. <laughs> Right in the middle, dead center of the
1: circle. That's where you can either uh, do you know, South from uh, Minnesota, do South from Patrick, yeah, right do
0: South, <laughs> do South. It's a good little game. I wouldn't say it's heavy because there's very little that you need to think of in terms of rules, but there's a lot that you need to think of in making your path work. You have, the only way that you can get a little mulligan is if you roll doubles. You can put a star in, and that counts as anything. Um, it can you can go from a tie with that, um, but the, the mulligans are limited in this. Um, Patrick, I have not played it very well.
1: Oh, sorry, Patrick, are you a mm-hmm. roller right fan? Uh,
2: <laughs> I'm a. Uh, I've played Welcome to, and I liked Welcome to a lot. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, Two is fun. Yeah, so much so I backed the like second Kickstarter they ran for it, and I oh, haven't, yeah. Yeah, haven't gotten back to my site yet. Um, I know on tour it's been played a bit inside the office. I just haven't had a chance to. It's usually over lunch, and I'm I'm tired or want to keep working. <laughs> is that a good like lunchtime?
0: Like Welcome to you can yeah. use as many people have as many people play as you've got boards for. Okay. Um, so good there lunch. are expansions where You can get the same board and have lots of people play with the same dice each time. Good lunchtime game, Steve. I would say so, but it may take a little bit more time than you'd think. Um, so eat your lunch quickly. You're going to be thinking for a good solid half hour. Better have a lunch hour rather it's than a lunch
1: quick, half hour. Patrick's trying to work. We've we got to get the game <laughs> in so we I can get go back to work. And that's so on tour. For and that's from board games ta- BoardGameTables.com, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, on indeed. Tour. Patrick, it's time for them to change their name. BoardGameTables.com just doesn't sound like oh, a board community. game company, right? It sounds, like, it sounds like a company that makes board game tables. I don't, I, just me. Might be just me. Patrick, we got a um, question for you. Adrian says, hello. Got a question for Patrick. I loved your live Twitter feedback on playtesting Avoid Void Lich last night. Good. A pin, put a pin in that, Adrian. We might be talking about that in a little yeah, while. I'll talk uh, about which, it in a bit. Which game that you are currently designing will be the next leader games project? Hey, Steve, I'm going to throw out the, the hook. Let's
2: see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the so of course, we're wrapping up both in the studio right now. Um, and then uh, it, there's it's a toss-up. It depends on how um, quickly I can get ready. But a little bit slower than I was expecting during this quarantine um, part, partially its fault, partially I've been taking care of uh, logistics, but um, I'll either be doing Void Lich next, or we'll be doing the, route, uh, the next root expansion next. And I, I believe right now the plan is to do the next root expansion uh immediately and uh, we we might even push for a 2020 kickstarter if we like at the end of the year if we can get it done in time uh, it's looking like it might be next spring though before we get to it so we'll do uh we'll do that we're going to do a uh, root expansion um that's all in Cole's desk I won't be involved as involved as I was for Underworld um with that one the, i i might pitch a map or two you're, you're making um, the chat crew happy there yes yeah Man, yeah,
1: uh, we're, yeah we're gonna Man. talk about
2: that samuel just stick around we're gonna actually get uh, yeah try and to- uh and then and then i will get to void lich and i have a game beyond that i've been working on also so how do you decide? I've, I've been working on five games during the quarantine which is bad news i should not have tackled that much design um (laughs) (laughs) what else uh, are you gonna do (laughs) it was a good way to distract myself like and every time i get like blocked on a design i didn't have like the the whole staff because we've been working from home to just you know work through a problem on so and they've been busy with oath so i've just been using jumping around from project to project to uh to to speed up that you know to get through getting blocked basically Mm -hmm. um and some of them have been. It's been quite wonderful. I've I've I've, I've done some of my best work right now. Um, but uh, it's been a little frustrating too. Sometimes. Anyway, well,
1: ask- how how do you decide whether a design fits as an expansion to one of your games, or you know what this this is a great mechanic and I'm just going to move it to a new title?
2: Mm. How do you make that
1: decision? Mm. I don't know.
2: Um, I. I have to borrow heavily from myself anyway, so um, <laughs> so that, that's how that's how it's going to work. Um, I just you, you try it out if it's going to fit as an expansion, and if it doesn't work, then we'll just pop it over to a new game. It's funny because it's funny you should mention that because I think Cole has talked about in with Oath Design that there has been some things that have been torn out of Oath. And frankly, there were some things that were torn out of Underworld just during the editing process to make okay. the game better. We're not trying to sh- take something away from you, and all of those we wrote down and said these could be later projects. Like, so, and that's that's been uh, that's been valuable. And so Cole keeps notes of, like that. I try to. I'm not as organized as Cole them, um, but like for instance, the in the Underworld, the Corvids originally had cards that they put in your hand, uh, the, the the root faction. Um, the cr- the crows, they would put cards in your hand, and that was how they played their plots, and that created some issues uh, with with in kind of degenerate positions and things like that. So that has been taken out, and we move to a later game. It won't be in. It won't be in room. Okay. It just it just didn't work in room. So
1: Dave's got a question for you. the The good doctor, Doctor Keniti, is famous for just designing the mechanics, and then someone else comes in and puts a theme on it. But yeah. most people either design around a theme or they add the theme to a, a mechanic that they think really works. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favored way of doing that? Or are you just organic? Whatever's coming out, coming out. Yeah.
2: It's, that's a good, uh, Cole and I have done a lot of analysis of this of this part of the process for us. Um, I think one thing that we, we realized is a lot of what worked well for Root was the three of us working together. And that's Cole, and Kyle, the illustrator, and myself. And because Kyle's not necessarily contributing to the design, but he's contributing so much to the lore and the look, okay. that that will sometimes change how we think about the game itself. And so there's a magic to Root, even though like, I was just acting as the producer of, of Root, that, that we want to recapture. And, and like the three of us have to work in that way again. And so we've been doing a lot of talking about how Uh, We got to that point. And so what I think what Cole revealed is that he will start with a very narrative focus for his designs. Like if you look at Infamous Traffic or Giant Company, he started with, let's build a game about Giant Company and then work from there. Or let's build a a game about forest animals fighting and we'll move from there. And, and then he started building that system from the top and going down into the mechanics until it reached the mechanics. And that's one of the joys of, uh, I think, asymmetric design is that he, we were able to take each faction's story and build a game around it um, and then let them and let them interact. Um, and with the perspective that Vass gave us, he was able to design it in a way that made it a lot easier to teach than Vass because you have a lot of common mechanics between, the, between the, all the factions. So he works with that approach. Um, He says, I've kind of frustrated him at times because sometimes I can jump in with a very mechanical approach and be like, I had a dream where I was swapping cards and they were (laughs) doing this and and this is what we're going to do. And so I, what I, what I find I tend to do is I tend to have a lot of uh, narratives in my head. And some, like for instance, there are some parts of Void Lich that have existed since 2006 and and then I take the mechanics and I start building them towards each other until I can get to the middle. And if I'm going to get stuck on a design, it's right here. Like this is this is where it's going to fall apart for me because I can't get things to meet or whatever. And that's why it's great to have a good developer now. Like Nick or Cole can come in and be like, "Just do it this way. You're fine." And then we finish the game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can but, kind of but, see yeah. that.
1: You know, when I put, the, the, the the faction I played the most with Root is the Eerie. I just I love, love the look of the Erie and I love their story. And I find when I play the best that I'm actually following the Erie story. It's a bunch of generals that are all yelling at each other going, we're going right. to restore this glory. And so I build one up and then I switch to the other. And if I try to just play one th- throughout the whole game, I'm so focused on doing that, that I'm I'm forgetting about what I'm supposed to be doing for the board. So it, I, I, in my mind, that's what was going on when, when the Erie was decided. It was like, okay, what are these, these birds used to be the Lords. What, what, what are they doing now? What, how, are they are they arguing amongst themselves? How can we build that out as a design?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say the eerie of all the factions and rude frustrate me because as an ex programmer, I'm like, oh, I'm programming again. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to and program I'm not a programmer, again. so this is. I, I'm always attracted to games like that, like Robo or
1: any of these other yeah. games. Where and and what I like about it, it's it's very it's pretty simple programming in this one, but
2: right, uh, yeah, yeah, a lot so, of, yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. depth so, with it. Yeah, and so I, I think Cold has started with, a, like, what, you know, what if the, the, um, I mean, from my notes, he started with there's an invading faction. So then, you know, some, somewhere along the line, he came up with this idea of the decree and adding things to the decree, adding promises to the decree. Um, and it just kind of evolved from there. So I think in like their very earliest cut of the game, the, factions would have kind of a sudden death victory condition like in vast. And so at the time that's where the domination cards come from is right. that was the original Aries victory condition was ruling um, either the, oh. the keep um, at that time or by uh, controlling three of one people. So
0: we
1: right. got my guest here, Patrick leader from leader games. We're talking spicy hot games. We played the last one I want to talk about before we get to our leader games talk is shadow network. From Talent Strike wow. Studios, have you? Have either one of you, you Patrick or Steve, heard of Shadow Network?
0: Only since you posted. Nope.
1: Okay. No, I anything about it. Oh, I love spy themes. I, I've, you know, I've watched tons of James Bond. Remington Steel was one of my favorite shows <laughs> growing up. Oh yeah, I was, I was a big Remington Steel fan in the '80s. So you know, Shadow Network called to me right away, especially when I saw. The graphic design. This is straight out of the 60s. It's a big European map, and each player board here, look, at it's like the theme is just, and this is, I'm taking screenshots from TTS. This is not even the real stuff. This is just screenshots of the work in progress that they're doing, but you're these big spy bosses, right, and across this European map, and you're sending out your spies and your handlers to gather information okay cubes right but still it's information <laughs> to get uh, to to get influence okay that's victory points but still the the influence where is it going to go when you collect it it's obviously going to go in the coffee cup while you're drinking because you're thinking about all the influence you have over the world events and if you want to call a handler you're not going to send a, a, a fax or an email you're going to grab that rotary phone and you're going to call them and try to gather all the intel. And sometimes the intel makes sense and sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes when you're talking to your handlers, they leak information. Yeah, they leave cubes on some of the cities that you're visiting because that's what happens. You know, to get information, you got to give information sometimes. So, yes, this is Euro the Euro game. If you like Euro games, but what the, the kind of Euro games that I like are the ones that have a theme that feels like it comes out in everything that you're doing. And that's what I liked so far about... Look, we, Bradley and I only played about half the game. We, we were just getting super tired and learning it. Jason did a fantastic job of teaching it. But this this board just, man, made me excited when I saw it with cubes all over the place. Just the, a beautiful map. Uh, I think, Steve, you had a comment about the map.
0: Yeah, I was thinking when we were showing this in the... In the the thing that popped out of me was the art design made it look like worldwide Watergate.
1: It does. This was yeah. this,
0: it was the same kind of vibe that you were putting out, but, but you know, with the black and white pictures, the little flavor text on the cards, it looked like it was trying to be a spy worldwide version of that. They could have
1: done a map with just countries and, and things like that, right? Or even hand-drawn parts. That okay? There's the Eiffel Tower. No, instead, it's all these little tabbed uh, pictures. So mm-hmm. it, you can almost see this on the wall in the movie, right? Oh, we're looking at this. We got an agent in Gravatsky. We got to get. We got to yeah. get some information out of them. And that's what I liked about it. The the black market at the top is all of those handlers that you're trying to get, and that's the mm-hmm. ones that look. Let's call it what it is. It's just resource conversion. You're turning greens into two pinks or a pink into two, three blues. But it doesn't feel like that when you're playing. It really feels like you're you're walking around on this board really trying to get information and convert those into victory points. Whoa, we're going to talk about that one in a second. But that is, <laughs> that? And that is Shadow Network from Talent Strike Studios. Patrick, is that a theme that appeals to you that 60s yeah i
2: I liked it a lot i was actually looking at pandemic season zero too right is going to be that that cold war era uh spy Mm -hmm. thing we didn't finish season one so i feel like i don't deserve to play season zero (laughs) yeah
1: watergate was my number two game last year i absolutely love the 60s and 70s themes you know there's that cold war uh era i know it doesn't appeal to everybody not even everybody in my game group a lot of them are like ah this is not a theme that i'm interested in but but this spy from, uh, from Shadow Network really interested me um, this is from Talent Strike Studios supposed to be going on Kickstarter pretty soon I don't know the designer I think it's his uh, first design Rafael Rosario hmm. I don't know him hmm. but I'm interested in it I love what I'm seeing and that how long, is sh-
0: how long would it uh, take to play and uh, what would you say in terms of weight
1: so I would say, let's say, uh, we got through about uh, two rounds in maybe 35 minutes, 45 minutes. Okay. So I'm guessing it's one of those 90-minute Euros, you know, your typical okay. coin. Yeah. The, the weight felt very similar to coinber or maybe even a little bit less than that. So it's okay. a solid medium-weight Euro, you know, what uh, what Sean would call the old medium-weight uh, Euro from the Dukes of the Dice. So that's mm-hmm. that's what yeah. it is, Shadow Network from Talibur. question Studios. from
0: Thomas there.
1: Oh, I didn't see it. what you got.
0: Question for Patrick. Has playing those several two player games during lockdown caused you to rethink how your titles play with two players?
1: Thomas brings the good questions every he week. He does. It's thoughtful.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've also, I also played Cosmic Encounter Duel during the lockdown. Okay. Um, I I enjoyed it. It's a little random, but my wife was like, eh, maybe I'll try it one more time and then and then and then I think I'm good. Um, I really like Cosmic Encounter. I've probably played in high school it was like our first board game, like that we really owned. I've, I've heard a number like five hundred. Have you really played it that many probably, times? It was probably five hundred games. It was. It was wow. every time we got together after high school to play it. If I wasn't working that day, it was two games of Cosmic Encounter for my junior and senior <laughs> year of high school. Um I wish I'd known about the game in high school. We played chess all
1: the time, bad yeah, in yeah. my in my place. But I would have played Cosmic Encounter every day, and I know my friends would love this game because, right? I mean, I, I adore it now.
2: So anyway, getting back to the question, um, I yeah, I have I have changed. It's changed a lot about how I think about two-player. It's also changed a lot about. Uh, Vast had some pretty good solo mo- modes thanks to the developer Kyle Wolfel who worked on it, um, and I. I like I, I feel like that was kind of an aside from the game it's weird to make a solo mode for a game that is. It lives in the interaction, the asymmetry. So you have to have multiple players to live in, in that space. And and so I didn't. I was like, when people asked for solo, I was like, ah, all right. Um, but I've been thinking about a lot, a lot about solo for Void Lich as as I plow forward on it, and, and how it, how it will speed up testing during the lockdown. And um, if it's going to speed up testing, then I may as well release that. Um, but no, I, I haven't really thought too much more about two player except to. Um, I was looking at Titan. Does anybody remember Titan from the eighties? The Avalon Hill. your pictures. I didn't know that one. Oh really? Okay. So it's a it's a game that could have only existed in the eighties. Like if you made it now, it wouldn't exist anymore because the um <laughs> uh, the uh, high school, someone from high school, hi Josh <laughs> Did he play Cosmic Encounter with you? No, no, no. no. Uh, and uh it's a, like Titan headline. Titan has this like strange overland movement. And then when you get when your armies get close to each other, they fight each other on a tactical map. And so uh BJ and I would be fighting a battle, and Steve would just be sitting there going, yeah. Great, uh, this is a lot of fun. And there was the system for negotiating away the battles, but a lot of people would be like, No, I'm just gonna fight because I don't know how like I'm going to lose negotiation, so they would just fight, and um, and then you'd end up with this really long game because everyone's fighting every battle. Um, and so I thought about like if you were to make something like that again now, you would have to make it two player, so that if you do have a tactical battle, the uptime is still, you know, your downtime is mm-hmm. increasing because you will, you have to participate in the battle uh, when there whenever there is a battle. But uh, now I haven't really thought too much more about two player. I think two player to me is a different skill set. And I have not really engaged with it much. I think um, competitive three plus player games have a huge advantage in how quickly you can balance on them and in that the game can do some of the balance, like the players can do some of the balancing for you. And with two player, you have to be really you have to be really on the nose with your balance. And I think that's a that's a very particular skill set and there's a very disciplined approach to game design. Um, I just don't enjoy as much as as the big big uh, bashes. So, I actually um, it's funny because going back to that, if you think about root, Cole swears by three player, and I swear by five player. And there's very different experiences when you play when you play root with with three versus. I like five because the strength of the narrative comes out to me more that there's this, there's these factions and there's a little bit of politics. Even if the players aren't talking, you can like, you can map that out over what's going on in the game. Okay. And I like, I like that approach to it. Uh, and he likes three player because obviously the downtime is lower and there's a little bit more focus on uh, the action that you're taking. So, and, mm-hmm. and there's, there's less randomness. I, I will, you know, I'll, I'll agree in five player. There's, there's an element of like, well, I didn't like this happened to me because it was out of my control, so um, so that, that happened. I have uh, uh, for a fan project, I designed a larger map for five to for five player, and I've been playing that on the weekends. Ooh,
1: yeah. Bj from Morgan & gumball. I've got my guest here, Patrick Leader from Leader Games, and we're going to get to a game that I was so excited to play. I purchased the game, I don't have it yet. I got it on tabletop simulator, Patrick, because I wanted to play it so bad, and we're going to talk about some of those reasons. And that is Fort. It is a changeover from SPQF from Grant Leaders. I mean, uh, Grant Rodiac. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grant, not Grant Leader. Y'all are not related, as far as I know.
2: Uh, no, tough. and Chris Leader yeah. and I are related to Die There, just for the record. <laughs> yeah,
1: you and Chris are not related either, right? Yeah, No. That's funny. So uh, it would be nice if you work together, though. I'd love to see a Chris Leader, <laughs> Leader game that's not Chris Leader's company, right?
2: I get his email occasionally. I think it's funny. Like someone will write to, to they'll even write patrick at leadergames.com oops i just added my email address and um oops. and then he will uh like we'll some piece, I, i've literally got an email that's addressed to chris at that account and i'm like you have <laughs> to type in patrick to get this far what is happening to you they must have typed in leader and and it's filled in autofilled or something like that let's say that hi to dave dust uh, uh who uh co there uh will allow Tim What's up?
1: too. What's up? <laughs> love the CMON games. Come on. As they're calling. Thank you, Dave, for checking in. And he says he loves tight. So it's a, obviously it's a game. I just missed in the, we were playing too much dark tower.
2: That's yeah. what happened. There was a, there was a reprint from uh, Valley in 2012 and no diss on the effort that they put into the game. Um, but they, they made the art kind of this dark modern fantasy, like, <laughs> like cell shaded, yeah. uh, 3d, pr- uh, like a digital painting. And I just, I, the original art was done with silhouettes and every piece has unique art. Like literally there's 20 cyclopses in the game and they all have a different silhouette. Wow. Um, so, so some guy just drew tiny little cyclopses over and over. And it's You've very, you got me intrigued. Very charming that way. So anyway, uh, what was the question? Where, where are we at? Oh, so we're going to talk about Fort. <laughs> Here's what I want to know. So,
1: so we know that Fort was originally SPQF from Grant Rodiac. What I want to know is, how did it get on your radar? How did you first find out about it? Yeah,
2: um, and it, it, I I lobbied against it. I'll tell you right now. Um, I love it. That's love the best part. Sorry, I didn't really lobby against it. It took some convincing though. So basically, uh, Cole had a copy of SBQF, and he'd bring it by and play it with Nick uh, or one of our uh, graphic designers. Now developer, then a graphic designer. He'd play with Nick. It was part of, like, his, like, attempt to get... Nick had only played, like, he's, he just got out of college. He's played a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! And other, some other CCGs. CCGs. Yep. And so, like, which is awesome to have him on the staff because he knows um ccgs live and die in graphic design like that is very important to them how they communicate information each card has to have a lot of information on it that communicates very quickly so as a as a graphic designer as a new graphic designer it was an easy teach for us like we, we were like you know communicate these things on this card very quickly so they would they he kind of studied him on other games and so spqf since it was relatively quick was a game they'd play over lunch um Nick got a copy somehow. He went on eBay or something like that, want a copy. There's only like 1,500 copies of SBQF, I believe. There's not many. I'm always amazed when I run into somebody who owns it. Uh, Grant and his girlfriend at the time um, hand-assembled the sets in their, in their house I mean, they, they they were all produced somewhere, but they had to bring, they had to put all the all the stuff in the box together. And that was literally the upper limit of that campaign was he was like, I don't want to sell any more of these because everyone we sell past this point, we have to hand assemble. Of course, you know, if he had sold 5,000, he could have got a factory to do it for him. So he, um, so they would play it. And then the, I was looking at it and I was like, wow, this art is, you know, it's Anthropomorphic animals, and at some point that crossed into Cole coming to me and saying, you know, what, like, could there be a Cole or Nick? Could there be a way to make this game with our art and to make a root version of SBQF and, uh, and and get it back out there? Because there's been this limit on how many can be played. There's only 1,500 sets in the world. So if we if we're able to make it again, we can get it out to a much wider audience and um, I tell you, I played the game <laughs> and I was, I was lost the iconography and really he admitted to, to it, that he felt the iconography was pretty weak. And, um, I, I felt like an old man. I got to the end of the game and I was just like, what is going on? <laughs>
1: I've been there no Patrick I've been there and that's one of the things that I loved about Fort Steve this iconography it's one of those Mm -hmm. things where you can scan your hand and scan all the it's not the market it's the the yard I think it's called Uh, you can scan the hand and the yard they've got an awesome cheat sheet which I did have to refer to you know Patrick every once in a while you gotta look at that cheat sheet but you can scan it's so well done so crisp that you can scan all the cards in seconds. And that's mm-hmm. one of the troubles that I have. Look, I'm an older gamer, and one of the things that I have is taking in all this information at one time really quick and processing right. it, that's just not me. I, my, my philosophy in playing card games like this is usually just take the first best opportunity, not the best one, the first best one. The first one that looks good to me, even though the next two are probably better. I'm just going to take it because I don't feel like scanning through these cards. But whoever did the graphic design in this thing, it's not like that at all. That's Nick. Yeah. Well, I mean, the card on the right, you yeah. know that you're going to increase your fort. The, the card on the left, you know you're getting resources. The card on the bottom, you know you're trashing a card. I mean, there's, it's just so well done, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
2: Uh, and so they, you? Uh, they, they brought to me, they said, well, you know, if that's what you don't like, give us two weeks, we'll, we're going to redesign the icons, we're going to redesign the, um, we'll put some red art on it, we'll bring it back to you, and then you get to play it. And that, uh, so I was like, well, we're between projects, we got two weeks we can risk right now, let's do it. So they went off and worked on it. Um, he came back with uh, with the new design, and I, I really liked it at that point. Um, and so then we talked about, uh, not really liked it, it was still... I want to give Cole and Nick a lot of credit for selling me this game. Um, so they... Did the, they came did back the
1: cards it. have names at that point? Were they already to the
2: no, characters? And otters. and. and okay. So um, we sat down with it. We had a meeting. And we talked about like what it meant to make a root like a lighter root game while root was still going on, and what it meant um, to sell it with a different theme, what it meant to go back to SPQF as a theme, and so on. And uh, the upshot of that conversation was we decided it would live better in its own in a new universe, which is ironic because we were first picked it because it had anthropomorphic animals. Right. And uh, and there so many no animals about, in this game, Steve and no. we looked around at like at Kyle's portfolio. Cause he works for us directly. And we looked at games we had worked on in the past. And we had this game called camp that was like a flicking game. I had been working on in like 2018. And, uh, and that was like, we're like, let's do kids. And, um, and then like, we got away from the camp theme and made it about a park and then, and moved on to four. I think Kyle just pitched a whole cloth. He said, Kyle or Nick said, let's make it about building a fort. And this has Kyle's
1: fingerprints all over. Yeah.
0: It's pretty amazing
1: from start to finish. If you're familiar with Kyle's art in rude or any of the other games, uh, Steve, or anything that he's got on the leader website, this, this just looks like him. I mean, it's got all this amazing little kids art. Although I do have one little thing, this is picky, but one little thing, the perk cards and the made up rule cards, (laughs) They almost look like a different artist from the main set of cards. Mm -hmm. The the, the, Carlos, who does all the graphic design for us with the gumbo, this is what he does for a living. Um, And he noticed it right away. He was like, wow. He said, this is all the same artist. And I said, as far as I know, it's all all Kyle Farron, right?
2: I think so. I okay. think maybe Nick could have slipped some drawings in there because of time. But I think, uh, even pull one up. Let's take a look. Yeah. So look at ghost, and then look at the made-up rule. That's that's Kyle. He just did. He did a, a f- he did different style. That's all. So here's here's what my thought was, and we we were banning this about on on Discord.
1: And my thought was, so the cards themselves are all representatives. Represented. They represent the kids that are playing. The mm-hmm. made-up rules and the perks. That's the kids themselves actually drawing them out so kyle dialed it one more you know dialed it down one more time to say if the kids were drawing things if they were drawing a little you know a made-up rule because that you know that's what you do steve you're playing a game and somebody says no 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 that's not the rule this is going to be the rule from now on that's what this game is that represents the end game scoring points that you have it's like we made up this rule for this game and it's only for this game and you can score these points if you do that and and so the art looks a little bit different from the art in the
2: other ones. And I, I'd i be curious. It's who, Kyle, according to Gates. She's just said it down in the comments. So oh, wait, I missed that. All oh, Kyle art. Okay, good. Kyle, yeah, I, should,
0: yeah. I, <laughs> I, I,
1: I thought it was interesting that the, the art on the main kid cards are, is a little bit different in style than the art on the perks and the uh, made up rules. So, mm-hmm. so tell, tell the uh, chat crew, uh, give us the elevator pitch. What is Fort And how do you play it?
2: Sure. Uh so is uh, is... Oh, uh, we moved on. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that's not mine. Um, that was Rab God, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, and um, so it's a deck builder, and the players um, start out with a, a deck of 10 cards. The cards tend to have very different functions from each other, uh, and you can play a random set of cards off the top of the deck. You do start with two characters based on which um, kid you are. Uh, or you can draft your cards from the deck, which is obviously superior way to play, but you don't want to start that way because you don't know what the cards are worth. Um, and so you're, you're building your deck and you're drafting cards from a common area, like more like Ascension than Dominion, where Dominion you're purchasing from a, from a central area. Uh, the rub to me, and the interesting part about it to me, is the suits themselves meld into plays. Um, and so like if you go back to... Uh, One more uh yeah, so uh, some of the cards will have multipliers on them, and so if you can play multiple shovels together, you can get some sort of bonus from that or if you can play multiple uh, yeah, so the yep, that card uh, even Dash there. yeah. so if you look like at Dash, uh, you can play multiple skateboards and get multiple pizzas. And then other players can follow your card if you play if they also play a skateboard, so the top action is for all players the bottom action is the is the action that only you can take as the player played the card and you can play them in either order uh when you play but the most interesting part about it for me is that if you do build that combo that's just going to annihilate everybody um you can't because as you discard cards the card you didn't use the action of they all go out into a, a row in front of you and they're available for the other players to draft off of you. And so so when they pick up, they have, you have to pick up a card every turn. You either pick up a card from the park, which is the center, you can top-deck a card, or you can take a card from another player. And so in that way, if somebody has a, a a bad combo or a good combo, bad from your perspective, you can start to break up that combo by taking cards away from them. And, uh, and, that, I, and that makes it very enjoyable because you have to... You just you have to learn to play tactically, and you have to learn to play the situation more so than uh, I, th- I feel like in other deck builders. And I love Dominion. Don't get me wrong, but in Dominion, you can kind of just be like, "Well, I'm going to play these three cards the being in the game, and then you just play those cards um, till and, and hope you can outdraw your opponent, basically." Right. Uh, and that's that's much harder to do in four. <clears throat>
1: So one of the things that we enjoyed about Ford is that, that mechanic of what cards to leave out. And the other thing I liked about it, I don't know why this is, you know, most of the time when you play deck builders, you're just kind of playing, um, you know, the card, you don't think about the, the theme itself. You just think about the mechanics. This reminds me more of clink where, We got to know, especially our game uh, two nights ago, we got to know Ghost and Doc very, very well. Everybody Mm -hmm. knew when Ghost and Doc were coming on. You never described the card. You always said, I'm playing Ghost. I'm playing Dash. You know, the the, the cards become themselves little characters in this movie that you're building about building up Mm -hmm. the forts. And I was wondering, how how did that come about where the cards seem to take a a life of their own? What what do you think? What's making that happen?
2: That's all, Kyle. He's just a really good visual storyteller. Um, he's he took. I I always find a remark about Kyle is he never draws just a, just a person. There is always something happening. There's emotion or an action inside of the inside of the card. If you go back to even to um, the the football player in the previous card, like he's about to throw or he's getting ready to throw. Rusty there is trying to get you to play with his tractor. oh the you know. coin and she's, she's got her dolls and she's mutilated them by switching <laughs> their heads, but and she controls them, and she doesn't want you to play with them and and I, I, every everything I look at of Kyle's just it, it, it just it just oozes story uh, coming out of it, and I love that's what I love about working with him. <clears throat> why the macaroni sculpture i'm
0: curious about
1: that (laughs) (laughs) that's that's the one i didn't quite understand so the end game there's a little bit of a bonus if you can get your fort all the way to the top level you'll grab what's called the macaroni sculpture and you'll you get a nice little bonus of four points uh Uh, we haven't we we haven't always gotten the fort by the way we've won the game in other ways there's so many different ways to end the game uh i would say it's only come out like once out of every two or three games but (laughs) what's the theory behind the macaroni sculpture
2: uh you'll have to have Nick on and ask him. I don't know <laughs> sculpture. I just saw it. And I was like, yes, <laughs> of course, Mac- <laughs> macaroni sculpture. Uh, and I, those who didn't watch? Uh, our we had we've been we were doing a live stream during the lockdown uh, twice a week, and they built a fort on the day that we uh, launched the fort um, pre order in the office. And uh, Patty, um, our other graphic designer, actually made Nick a fort macaroni sculpture and brought, yeah. to, brought it to him so it's sitting in his office i haven't been back to the office since, since i haven't got to see it but i don't know if i have the card to you, but i want to show you one more card just to uh, see if
1: I
0: can, oh, i'm looking at the, the art card. on those and i'm wondering if there's any particular inspiration that he drew because um, it seems like there's a mix of what could be some kid's cartoon or kid's graphic novel like if you if you had a hybrid of diary of a wimpy kid mixed with charlie and lola
2: it yeah, is, I can't remember that. There's a series that they referenced a lot, um, Kyle and Nick. And I was it Recess? Is the name of the show? Someone okay, in chat.
0: This does
1: look like Recess. Okay,
2: okay, help me out here. Um, yeah, yeah and
1: my, my kids liked Recess. I would never watch that. You know that, Steve. <laughs> yeah. No, Recess was a good show. You okay, saw Milo your eyes and light up, Jake. You know exactly
0: what it is. <laughs>
1: um,
2: if you have kids, you watch a lot of Disney Channel, yeah, Nickelodeon, right. all of uh-huh. those stuff. Uh, so um, and also see uh, that, see? as a little bit of easter egg we are all uh, all the staff members are in the um, uh, are in the in the cards so um, yeah. really yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I'm yeah, we have to there. try to and, and uh, my spouse is also somewhere in there and I think there's another spouse in there too <clears throat>
1: I'm going to have to check that out. So one of my favorite ones, Steve. So, you, you know, one of the focuses, especially if you're a first time player, you, you, you look at the fort and you go, wow, if I build all five sections of the fort, I get a ton of points. Let me focus on that and learn the mechanics of the game. But there is one card that and it's um, one of the hidden uh, bonus, one of the in scoring cards. And it's something like um, you have to limit your fort to two or three and you get a big bonus of cards. I think it's called minimalization and and the card itself is funny because there's so many different ways that Kyle could go with it. But what he did in this case is the poor kid has this little tiny cardboard box and he's <laughs> kind of sitting in his cardboard box and, Steve, if that's not a story to you all, uh, everybody's building this big – you know, mom and dad uh, just got a new refrigerator, and they've got the big refrigerator box, and this guy's got the little tiny cereal <laughs> box, and he's just yeah. sitting in it. But he's going to score some points because he built his fort, you know. So I, I, I love the fact that all these cards just tell a story in the game. But, you know, the, the game has to be more than just graphic design, and I think the fact that it's a tight game – uh, everybody watching, everybody else paying attention to what they're doing, looking. at the, In fact, the one the last game we played, Patrick, I think we went to the well to the yard maybe two or three times during the game. We were just flat out, you know, sniping cards from each other because you you learned that I got to take these cards from this this person or else that that combo is going to keep rolling. Or wow, there's that blue card I've been waiting for. You know,
2: yeah, and I I, I think an early game that I played with Kyle when uh, we went to XOXO in Portland this year was um, it turned into us just letting each other just pollute our decks. And so we ended up with these just gigantic <laughs> decks that were just completely unwieldy. <laughs> and then we decked the game and it was <laughs> a really low score. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, a lot happened to.
1: <clears throat> Lovely game. If a hey, chat crew, this is, this is one I, I can, I can definitely enthusiastically, enthusiastically endorse. Uh, hit me up if you if you if you want to check it out. I'll I'll show show the game to you, but you can still get it right on uh, LeaderGames.com?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, it's I, uh, it, I think it technically says pre order, but uh, it's shipping right now, so it's it's mm-hmm. an order. Um we do Orla has I, posted a link up there, leadergames.com products slash board. So check yeah. it out. And uh, it's it shipping in the US, I we sold out in Europe, so we're we're working on getting more over. I don't know what Gates actually wanted me to officially say about that, but we're getting more over there to sell to. So that's why she's in the chat because yeah, she's watching, watching to see what you chat. say. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, so we've got a little bit of
1: time left. Let's run through a couple of uh, these games, if you don't mind, Patrick. Yeah. Uh, because you know people came on the show and they want to hear about some uh, of the games. And one of those is, look at this art, Steve. PJ, BJ, I've got my guest here, Patrick Leader from Leader Games, and I want to get a little scoop from him about Oath. What's the news on Oath? When can people get it? When, when is it going to be delivering? What's going on with
2: it? Uh, yeah. Um, so I can't really comment too much about the timeline yet. Um, COVID has had a little bit of an impact on our working life. Sure. Um, and not just working, it's uh, – and then – I, you know, I, like, people followed it around the world, but, uh, the, yeah, probably lost a week, uh, it's because of the, um, um, the protests, which I totally agree with, um, sure. but it was, it, 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 a lot of it did happen here in the Twin Cities, and, um, so, the timeline is going to move a little bit. We don't know for sure. So we don't want to make any announcements or cause any trouble uh, with it yet, but uh, we'll be getting to the printer um, by the end of this month and uh, it'll be um, got running through the printer. Everything is so weird right now because the factories are down and like they, they are, they're producing less. And so like sometimes you can get through very much, quick much more quickly than we were expecting to get through. Mm. Um and so then uh, we'll be shipping, let me just open up the calendar. Uh, and while you're doing that, Nick Shipley from 90 Second
1: Nerd says, uh, Fort is going to be in the top 20, his top of 2020 list. So nice. really high praise over there. Nice. nice. See you on, Nick?
0: Can you bring that artwork up full, BJ? I'd love to take a yeah, dig you know, sure, sure. into those colors in the palette there.
1: Yeah, and, and um, notice yeah. that, look, you, you see the same, thing that you see in root and in fort, right? But again, just like fort was a different take, this is a, this to me this is not carbon copy. This is a different take. You still see his fingerprints in it, right? But a different take on it. Wow. Yes. Look, uh, I mean, do, do all the so characters have this like they could be related to the people in fort, right? From from 500 years ago.
2: <laughs> it but was, yet, but it's funny it because was when fort came out, we got this comment that was like it's too bad use the root art to make four, and I was like, "What? It's <laughs> yeah, it's <the> same <laughs> artist. <laughs> That's about it."
1: I, I, I feel like special. it's. I feel like it's. It's a style, but it's
2: you know each one has a unique signature. You know, you, mm-hmm. you know yeah, that. a lot of storytelling is. infused in the in the in each oath card, and we see we're seeing four or five a day right now, and it's. It's hard. it's like staring at the sun. It's so awesome that there's just it's just so much in every in every drawing that comes out from him. So, well, ooh, really you old old. the elevator <laughs> pitch, yeah, no, very early.
1: Give us the elevator pitch. What is oath?
2: Yeah, so oath is um, oath is uh, ostensibly a war game where the players are um, fighting over this world. Uh, one player is the chancellor and is the so you see the purple pieces in that picture there and. They um, they win by kind of maintaining order, and uh, and they have the victory condition can can kind of fork a couple ways, and it, it's changed on me a little bit, so bear with me. Uh, the chancellor is fighting against these other people, um, the uh, outcasts or the exiles, the exiles, and um, the exiles um, can be working on the victory condition that the game has. There's four different victory conditions. Or they can be hunting for a victory condition in the deck, which becomes like a. Uh, those are called prophecies, oh. and they, you can take a prophecy and um, and work on it. Like oh, uh, uh, Gates, totally stop me if I'm if I'm using the wrong term. Um, well, they're the oaths. Yes, they're the oaths. Yes. <laughs> the <Ose>. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't get too much sleep last night. I'm much um, mm-hmm. and, i A very bad synesthetic. Nine month uh, olds will do that. Yeah, and yes so you can so you can be you can be really smug and knowing someone's going to lose because they haven't advanced the victory you know the game's victory condition much and then suddenly they're going to be coming out with with a new uh with with the oath there's enough oaths there's so few that you can kind of look at the board state and kind of guess what other people are going for and mm-hmm. try and head them off as you play more and uh, i i find that that very rewarding uh, about the game um at some point, the Chancellor is going to enfranchise other players and they can join the Chancellor um, by becoming a citizen of the Empire, and their victory condition will shift to compete with the Chancellor. So the Chancellor has to be careful about inviting a person that can is strong enough to help them, but not strong enough to rival them uh, in, in the course of the game. And, and so there's, there's a lot of challenge there. Um, and I, I really like, I really like that aspect of the game. I also just like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in exile because I'm going to do my own thing at the edge of the world. Um, there's a lot of like um, adventure to it. I, I like the, like, as you discover the cards, you can put them in, into your little retinue or you can put them onto the board and then they, they provide different actions or they change how the game state works. Uh, and I, I like that quite a bit. Uh, eventually, someone's going to win. Um, it's suggested, but not required, that that player become the next game's chancellor, and they pick the next game's victory condition at the end of the game. And uh, and it, it could be based on how they won. It could be it could diverge. However, you want to tell the story. But the other big part about it is that the game comes with a stock set of uh, cards, and um, it comes with a stock set of cards. And as you uh, Gates has just given me a note. I got it. Uh, as, 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 as a, like a, if a suit like helps, there are six suits in the game of the cards. And as a, as a, uh, as if a suit wins, then you might bring in, um, more cards of that type and lose other cards. You randomly lose 10 cards from the set. And so and that's the set of cards you play with next game. So out of 200 cards, you only see 40 of them every game. And there might be cards you'll never see uh, if you don't play a lot. Um, and... And more importantly, if you play 10 games and I play 10 games, we're going to have a very different set of cards. And those cards are going to change very much how we play the game and how we go about pursuing our goals. And uh, that's, it's really been fun to see that uh, unfolding. So uh, wow, very cool. Sounds, that sounds fantastic.
0: I may have missed this. Did you say those win conditions, are they open? Are they hidden win conditions? Or is there one for the game? Or different players have different
2: ones? Oh, sorry, yes. Uh, yeah, so in general, the, the game's victory condition is open. And if you take one out of the deck, you just announce that you've you've seen one. Okay. But you don't announce. And, and they have different card backs, so it's pretty obvious when one comes mm-hmm. out of the deck. Um, and then you can put it down secretly on your board, but you can't be... You cannot be working on it until it's been revealed. So there's, okay. there will be a moment where you have to reveal it and then people can try and you have to telegraph that you're going to win the game or they can try and stop you. Okay. Yeah.
1: And that's, oh, man, 13,000 backers, Steve. Yeah. Sounds like y'all are pretty deep into this. Uh, 13,000, that's a lot. So uh, it sounds like y'all are pretty deep into it and that's. That's uh, what uh, the, you said. There's a, just like a general timeline. when, when Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, this? We're, we're
2: still aiming for December, probably somewhere around January, or February. Um, all right. well, we'll check, take a, a look at that oath out there. Thirteen thousand backers, and maybe
1: coming down the pipeline, December, January, something like that. So uh, that's the uh, spam. Just
2: got we just got spammed in Ooh. the chat. We sure do. Uh-huh.
1: I am not going to show all that. I'm not even sure what that is. So,
0: <laughs> all right. All right, <clears throat> I think we lost her. Did We lose Berta somewhere. Where is where is uh, No, she just posted the Kickstarter for Oath. All nice. right, uh, send her a
2: message. Tell her it's time. We're gonna get that. Yeah, and you can still. Uh, I should. I should. Uh, I should say, if you are interested in the game, you can uh, check out the mod on TTS that we support. Uh, the mod's really cool because it has a button you can push to get the kind of the DNA of your deck. And then you can publish that for other people to play with your set. Uh, and they can, they can, they can oh, bring it. Oh, really? That yeah. Hey, the, by, by the way, Chat Crew, the TTS mods
1: that they put together are really well done. That Fort one is smooth. Yeah. Super yeah. Smooth. Super easy to use. All right. Burla, Patrick, Patrick Burla. Hey, Patrick. It's a board game show, Patrick. And you know what we have to do on a board game show?
2: I know what we have to do on a board game show.
1: We got to play a game. All right. Steve, play talk game. about the game. All right. We're going go
0: to go do the RV game. On the game with uh um, with Patrick, Patrick's gonna ha- have a game in his head, only in his. He's not sharing it with us. The, yeah. You got one. Yeah, he's got, he's got one. got one ready to go. He's already promised he's gonna skunk us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gonna hey, hey, how
1: now, well does Gates Dowd know Patrick Leader? That's what oh. I'm, oh. I would. Mean,
2: participate. You should be able
1: to get it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: Well, he's going to have a game in mind and we're going to play kind of like 20 questions style where Verla, BJ and I will ask questions. We'll pay attention to the chat crew if they're asking questions, too. Um, And as we start to narrow down what he's been thinking of, we'll either somebody will get it of us, somebody from the crew or Patrick will just, you know, say, do you give up yet? And we will.
2: (laughs) So are you
0: set with one in mind, Patrick?
2: I am all set.
0: Do you want to ask your
1: traditional first question, BJ? Yeah, that's right. I'll be a good Cajun word for, you know, something like hankering, a game you really want to play. What's the word that you use up there in Minnesota? Jonesy? Hankering? Let's go with hankering. Hankering? Okay, good. See, finally, I've got somebody that says hankering because they don't hanker. say that in New York City. Good. All right. Yes, that's right, Gates. we got the pressure. The pressure is on. All right. First question I always like to ask people is, is it a competitive or a cooperative game? And I'm going to guess it's competitive. Ah, it is cooperative. <laughs>
2: Oh dang it! Wow, that too,
1: I, I figured you know, all about the tactical battles, and um, so it's a cooperative. Berla, that limit that
0: narrows it down a little bit there. Unexpected. All right, see what you got.
1: What's your question?
0: Has it? Did it come out in the last, say, five or so years, uh, or is it older? Let me check. <laughs> mm.
2: Borderline call. Uh, uh, what was the, you said five, five years? It did not so come out in the last five years.
0: Not in the last five. No. Oh,
2: so we can't guess root then. Okay. No. okay. Uh, I do like okay. root a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I, I'll just play it casually. Like, I hear good right. things. <laughs> yeah. well, Thomas
1: says, is it pandemic season one? No. no. No, no. I admitted no. I didn't finish pandemic. Never finished. One broadcast. <laughs> I think that's why Thomas guessed because he was like, Oh, he wants to finish it. <laughs> all right, Berla, what you got? What's your question?
0: Is it pretty thematic?
1: I would say so. Oh
0: it's thematic. Ah,
1: all right. Is it uh, is it does it have a an actual cardboard board? You know, does you, do you play it on a board? No. No board. Okay. All right, Jack. Um, just, just recap, it's a cooperative game, not within the last five years. It's thematic, and it does not have a board. Steve? So card card based? Yes, it is card-based.
0: Okay. Card-based.
1: Card-based cooperative game. Burlow, what you got? You got
2: anything?
0: Does it play more than five people?
2: No. It does not play more than five people. Mm. All right, check We we got some good clues here.
1: It's a four or less game cooperative. Fanatic. Uh, does, does it have a theme about islands? No. Oh, dang it! Yeah. Mm. I was thinking Robinson Crusoe. There,
0: Steve. Dean's thrown out Hanabi. Ooh. ooh. I don't know Hanabi. Okay. Hanabi. Hmm. Hmm.
1: What you got, Steve?
0: Was it an award winner?
1: I like it. (laughs) I like it. Uh, Let's see. Narrow down. We're not going to use Google to check. We have to use our (laughs) our memories. Uh,
2: It does not look like I won any awards.
0: Okay. So cooperative, older than five years, card based, not board board based. Mm -hmm. Five or less. Five or
1: less. That's what's throwing me off. It's not board based. I mean, how many cooperative card games are, are there out there? Hmm. All right, deck crew. It's not the crew exactly. That would have, been
2: a <laughs> have you played the crew? I I bought it in my in my blitz to buy a bunch of games before uh, during the lockdown. I have not gotten to the table yet. <laughs> the crew, love yeah. love the crew, really good. Uh, and I've had
1: success with it playing it with gamers and also just family members that have never played games before. You know. He wants to know if it's, oh, an LCG. Ooh, Lord of the Rings. Thematic? That's a
2: great question. I do like that game. It is not that one.
1: Marsha wants to know, are there components besides cards? Oh, you know what? Good question. Good question. Doesn't have to be a
0: board.
2: I, there are components besides cards. Yes. They're not a big part of the game, though.
1: That's a nice hint. Um, uh, is, it a, is it an LCG? No, mm. I was gonna go Arcamara there. Not mm. Steve, what you got?
0: Oh, I've got one. If you don't have, are one. you are, are you laying cards kind of in a, a tableau? or Are you playing them more traditionally, like a cards from your hand?
2: You are laying them in a tableau. The tableau okay. does not develop any abilities. Okay. So there's no engine building to it. Okay. But you do no, like building.
0: Up. You got something, Marilla? Does Amazing. it have a space theme?
2: Does not have a space theme.
0: Question. Usually, theme or designer helps us narrow things.
1: Yeah, this is a tough one, though. I'm trying to think of a designer of that.
2: Um, does it have expansions? Uh, it has expansions. Marshall yes. wants to know if Fantasy Flight published it? Fantasy Flight did not publish it.
0: No. Was it on Kickstarter?
2: Not on Kickstarter. Too early. Not- maybe, maybe too early. No, it was It was around when Kickstarter was around, but not, oh. not super popular.
1: Older than five years, cooperative card game, no board. It Not has Tiny a- Epic. Not Tiny Epic, right. It has, a, so yeah, not Tiny Epic Galaxies. Uh,
0: not does, a space theme. Not a space is there theme. A fa- is it a fantasy
1: theme? Yes. Okay. A card-based fantasy theme. Oh
0: man! Um. You said co-op, pure co-op, or is there a trader mechanism? Is there any tension, or is it pure co-op? Pure
1: co-op. Pure co-op. So not, not Shadows Over Camelot, the card game.
0: I was thinking also like that's, so that's pure co very well like solo,
1: and you could play it solo. Not an island base because I was thinking Robinson Crusoe or Friday, mm-hmm. one of those oh. two. But both of those are island
2: themes. I like both those games. Yeah. I like co a lot more than my studio would suggest. <laughs> oh, really? I'll also a different skill set. I so finally
1: won Friday the other day. Oh, man. It <laughs> frustrated me. I didn't realize, Steve, that you really have to thin your you have to yes. thin that deck and get rid of all those bad cards. In Friday. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep.
0: Yeah. Managing just, managing the cards.
1: I was always trying to, you know, take out the low ones and then I'm leaving the big ones and I'm leaving all this bad stuff on my deck. I mean, you gotta, you gotta thin that deck out, man. All right. Come on, check we got here. You have really stumped them because they are strangely quiet tonight. Quiet. They've got no guesses here. So, Steve recap what our clues are.
0: Maybe, we have nice a co-op job. Five years or older. Um, back. not an award winner. Not an award winner. We have not isolated where it was, uh, whether it was a uh, American or European designer. Mm-hmm. Aeon's End coming up from Dean
2: uh, no End. not Aeon's End
0: mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. card based well there are some other components you're laying the cards in the Tableau but it's not an engine builder where you're gaining powers does not seem to be board based um, does it play in less than an hour
2: I can definitely get through a game in less than an hour <clears throat> it's not me okay. anything. No, it's not done on h night. I cannot get through a game in an hour. <laughs> Nick is acknowledging
0: his disadvantage because Starlet does not do co op. We know that. I can't it that. That in an
2: hour. <laughs> is it an American publishing company? It is an American publisher. Okay. American designer? It is not an American designer. Not an American designer.
0: Is it higher than a three on BGG's weight scale?
2: Uh, oh, is it happy? Interesting question. Ooh, I don't think it is, but let me check. Because the weight is always a complete shock to me. Weight and downtime are two <laughs> subjective things. I don't even know why people talk about them. <laughs> uh, so well, I'm looking that up, you can hit me. Oh, I've got a question for you. Is it IP based? It's not IP based. Wow. Uh, uh, the weight is below three.
0: Below three. And we have a fantasy theme, we said. Medium weight, not IP, a fantasy with no IP. So,
1: the, so those games from Cosmo. No, that's, see, that's a German publisher, so it wouldn't have been that. I was thinking, um, but they all have boards on them. American publisher.
0: Gates is stumped, too. Okay.
2: Really? Wow. Gates. Come on. Oh, Gates is stumped. Have you
0: played it with Gates.
2: I've not played with Kate's. I've played
0: it with my wife quite a bit. <clears throat> okay. So it, can't play it can play two? Can play two. And you say it can go down to solo even? Yeah. Okay. Is Are the, the box, box bigger? Oh, sorry, oh, go Steve. I'm sorry, Verla. Go right ahead. I was going to say, is the box bigger or smaller than a ticket to ride size box? It
2: is mm-hmm. smaller than a ticket to ride box. Okay.
1: Um, hmm. Wow. I am. I am tapped out. I really I I I'm just drawing a blank here. Steve, you got anything? I mean I'm cooperative game. Is How the about designer
0: a, is the designer a name we'd recognize? Thomas or? gets it. Oh, good oh, job oh, oh, <laughs> oh, wow. That is a good one. You're that's, right. The components, now that me. the components. With the fantasy, I was thinking more like high fantasy. Yeah, yeah I was
1: and it, thinking. Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. You know, oh, it, it's a fantasy theme, though. It is. It's fantastic. Oh, that's It great. is. You know, I've never actually played it in person. I've played the app probably a sure. 100 times, yeah. but never actually played it in person. Does it play actually as
2: well? I refuse to play the app because I like the. You like the shuffling. I like the shuffling. I like the the playing out of the cards. I it's very, I find the game very meditative to play alone. So, so nicely
1: done. I would have I would have never thought of an a in a million years. And I love that game. It's such a good game, too. <laughs> Patrick. Well done, man. Well thank you, done. thank you. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna send Steve and Berla back to the green room so we can close it out. But hey, th- that yes, was a pretty good. good video.
0: Huh? Well you
1: done. A good job. Yeah. All right, you did a good job. And that was the Envy Game. It's presented by our friends at Game Toppers LLC. Make your game nights, Patrick, a showstopper when you play <laughs> when you play on a Game Topper. They they do uh, uh, Berkey does a good job of uh, helping us out with our Southern Board Game Fest and our awesome um, charity, the New Hope Foundation. So I love to just mention I think uh, he lives in the area, right? Yeah, he's actually from up there. He's from uh, Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the Envy game. So thank you for playing the Envy game with us No thank problem. back here. Uh, All right, board gamers. That is it for another episode of gumbo live. Patrick, how can people reach you if they have any questions about any of the games that we talked about
2: today? Yeah. Uh I, we use Twitter pretty heavily. Uh, so uh, at Leader Games on Twitter, uh, at Patrick Leader, if you want to talk to me about design. I'm trying to step back from answering questions for the company, though, and I appreciate people respecting my time on there. Uh, Facebook Leader Games would be great. Otherwise, use the support um, on our email. I just want to plug that we can you can still order uh, for it. You can still order Oath right now, uh, and then uh, Route 4 in the fall, and then possibly Void Lich next year.
1: Yeah, we didn't get to talk about Void Lich. So yeah, you know what? that's all right. We're gonna have to have you on whenever ah. you're ready to talk about Void Lich, because I am interested. Check out Patrick Leader's uh, Twitter page for some interesting pictures and an actual Twitter play-by-play oh, of, uh, of nice. a little session. Of,
2: and I do uh, I do AMAs frequently on on uh, that account also, so it's good uh, it's good to follow.
1: Make sure to like our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash game and our YouTube channel. It helps us to get the word out about all of our upcoming shows, including next week. We've got Sean and the crew from Flat Out Games. That's the calico people and Cascadia people that we coming by to talk about it. Hey, listen, Chat Crew, I I, I endorse Fort. Ford is a fantastic game. You already know about Root. You already know about Oath. But Ford <laughs> is a game that more people need to love. So get out there. It's a perfect game for two, three or four players. I'm BJ for more game gumbo and Patrick. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Gumbo Live is produced by DJ Rosa and the name father Steve O'Rourke, with editing by Sean Jones. You can find more Board Game Gumbo content by checking out our
0: YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter feed at Board Game Gumbo. Or visit the
2: Board Game Gumbo blog at BoardGameGumbo.com. Hey, this is Patrick. And this is Eric. From Patrick Patrick and and Eric Eric in in the morning. Morning. Join us every now and again for about a half an hour as we freeform chat about whatever's on our minds and how it all relates back to our favorite hobby, board gaming.
0: Patrick and Eric in the Morning can be
2: found on the What Did You Play This Week podcast feed and on the Punchboard Media site. Happy listening.